0: Hey there everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Home Class Movie Chat. We are so excited for you to be here today. Hey,
1: What? What about the intro music?
0: (gasps) I forgot about that. Here comes the music.
1: everybody welcome back to another episode of the home class movie chat we are your hosts, married couple cat
0: and paul who just love to talk about movies we do and this week we've got a movie and next week we've got a movie and uh unfortunately both of those are not going to be well received unfortunately yeah. this movie that we're doing takes us all the way back to um in oh, 2018 yes the movie that we're doing today happens to be?
1: The Nun, which was actually released in October of 2019.
0: Was it? Oh, they yeah. said it was 2018 on the IMDb? No, it's
1: 2019.
0: Yeah. It's, it's funny
1: because this was actually so highly anticipated after The Conjuring 2 when it introduced this character of The Nun. It was actually the highest grossing film from The Conjuring universe, but the lowest rated one.
0: Yeah, I had so many hopes when I saw the trailer for this because it really, and I think this is what I get really annoyed at with a lot of the the trailers, is the fact that they, they seem to show you all the best bits. Yeah. You've got to wade through the trash to get through to the good stuff. And even you know, then-
1: it, it was the the character of the nun in Conjuring 2 scared the crap out of me. So I expected this to be like really intense. Yeah. And it just wasn't. No. But, that being said, the advertisement for the film was actually pulled from YouTube because too many users complained that the five second clip featuring a jump scare was just too scary and allegedly gave many viewers wind. <laughs> <laughs> Administrators removed uh, the, the ad and apologized, claiming it was not their intention to publish content that may potesh- potentially offend, shock, or give viewers diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now, I I am one who is not immune to the jump scare, as you know. Yeah. But I've never had it make me poop.
0: I've never had a, I've never had a jump shit. scare
1: make me fart or poop.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've never had either one of those, so... Um, For people to say that, that's interesting. I don't know whether you've got this on your fun facts, and I hope you don't. But if you do, just give me the look, unfortunately, because I'm going to say something that I remember in one of the the, the fun facts of the movie is the fact that they actually had the trailer of this movie being shown in cinemas around the world that were G-rated uh, kids shows. Seriously? Yeah.
1: Oh no, I don't have that on Fun Facts. Yeah,
0: there was and predominantly, and I, I don't know if was I based, was a
1: parent, I would not be happy with my little one seeing this.
0: Yeah, they um, had a G rated kids movie in here in Australia, and one of the trailers that they had on the movie was the Nun.
1: I mean, and... I know that when they um, do the trailers in America, they there's an, a ratings organization and they'll say this movie is rated R, but this preview has been, you know, authorized cleared for all ages. Yeah. And they'll, you know, they'll take some of the tamer parts of it, but uh no, yeah. I would be happy what with it, my what little it happened, saying it.
0: This one had actually snuck through. Yeah. And unfortunately a lot of children were seeing um the nun uh that's on not the, cool. Okay. Movie, that
1: so. I could understand giving little ones the poops. I could get that.
0: Yeah, that, that'll do it. That'll do it for me. Yeah. But I was, as I said, I was, you know, I'm I, i, I I'm not trying to, and we are not trying to discourage anybody from going to see it because the Nun part two is supposed to be coming at the end of this year. I can't um, believe they're doing a part two to this. I don't know how they're going to do this. either, yeah. But the fact is they've got one coming. Now, uh, we are not trying to say to you guys, please don't watch it. But if you are going to go and watch this movie, please go in with the expectations. With lowered very, expectations. Very low. Yeah. Because um, I was extremely disappointed. I got excited when I saw the trailer. And then when I actually saw the movie, I literally, this was the second time I've watched it. The first time I had to force myself to sit through it because it was that boring. Yeah, We actually sat through it, you and I together. And at the end of it, I still went Disappointing beyond. Yes, bit, the
1: second time we watched it, and I'll admit it was slightly better the second time around. I didn't fall asleep this time.
0: No, we both didn't. But no.
1: it was a fight.
0: Yeah. So, in saying that, before we get really stuck into this this uh, podcast, I think we need to listen to the trailer. So, sit back and relax because here is the trailer to the Nun.
1: I had a series of visions when I was younger, and after each one ended. The same thought would be stuck in my head. What did you see? I saw none. Word of my visions reached the church, and I was asked to accompany a priest to an abbey in Romania. The abbey has a long history. not all good.
0: What? She you God,
1: here. okay so it sounded good <laughs> yeah
0: it does it sounds now, awesome
1: before we jump into it i want to just do kind of a couple of behind the scenes of rather a few behind the scenes trivias yeah okay um the first one is that uh the conjuring and conjuring two are based on allegedly true events from ed and lorraine warren's lives and actions this story is entirely made up by the filmmakers just want to tell you that. So the demon nun from The Conjuring 2 proved to be a popular horror antagonist, which is where why they decided to do the spinoff for, of The Nun. And the focusing on the character was greenlit, and it actually makes her the second character of three to get her own feature. So Annabelle was first, then The Nun, and then The Crooked Man, if you remember that toy from the conjuring two will be the third
0: for the crooked man's coming out.
1: Yep. That that was not out yet. Although how that's going to work. I just have no idea. Neither do I. Now the events take place before Annabelle creation, making it technically the first film chronologically in the series. The opening scenes of Annabelle creation take place before the nun, but the rest of it occurs after. And this is Valak's third appearance First was in The Conjuring 2, then Annabelle Creation, and though Valak did not appear in the in the, the original Conjuring, the scary premonition that Lorraine Warren had in that film was actually about Valak as was later revealed in The Conjuring 2.
0: Yeah, I must admit that Valak was a lot more terrifying in number 2 than this. Oh movie. god,
1: I I had nightmares every time I got up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I was terrified to look in the mirror. <laughs> no seriously it no, was I, like I two or three you. weeks before i could look in the mirror if i got up at 2am to go to the bathroom
0: see i'm i'm so immune to horror movies i mean i've got to the point where i'm so desensitized and i and i and i, I thoroughly absolutely 100% love my grandmother for doing that to me because <laughs> we went to see a nightmare in elm street when it was very yes. first released and i had no idea what it was about all i saw was if if you know nancy doesn't wake up screaming she won't wake up at all my grandmother took me to see that movie and I will always thank her for opening up the door to horror. But now I am so desensitized. There's not a horror movie that I sit there and go, Holy crap, I cannot get up in the middle of the night. And and,
1: and that and that's why he won't hold my hand and protect me while we watch them anymore, because he hates it when I react to the dump scares and pull on his hand.
0: Well, it is just so obvious in a lot of movies. We've just I
1: know it is, but you wouldn't have me any other way than Absolutely the same, same not. Person I... That I am.
0: I know you are you are untainted but I'm trying to taint you
1: (laughs) (laughs) you're trying to be you're the one my mother warned me about
0: yes I know you don't know that but it is
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay so a little bit more more trivia and then we'll tuck into it yeah um now this one I thought was really really interesting Tysa Farmiga who plays Sister Irene in this film, is the younger sister of Vera Farmiga, who played Lorraine Warren in The Conjuring, Conjuring 2, and Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It. The demon nun, played by Bonnie Aarons also appeared in The Conjuring 2 and had a brief ca- cameo in Annabelle Creation. Though the sisters' characters are not at all related to each other, they are both devout Catholics with clairvoyant abilities.
0: Hmm. Okay. I thought that was very interesting. That's very interesting because, yeah, you only just think that that um you know Lorraine Warren's the the clairvoyant one.
1: Yeah, but but the other one was too. Yeah. So, principal photography for the film began on the third of May, twenty seventeen, at Castle Film Studios in Bucharest, Romania, with Maxime Alexandra serving as cinematographer.
0: What a great See- date!
1: Yes. <laughs> Uh, scenes were filmed in the palace of the parliament building in June. Get this for a fee of 5,000 euros
0: per hour. Holy crap. Uh Uh-huh. 5,000 an hour. An hour. Oh, oh, geez. Yeah. That's a little over the top. Oh, okay. That's
1: like $7,500 American an hour. Uh.
0: Well, I'm I okay, so I want to find out. Okay. The the budget of this movie was twenty-two million dollars. So five thousand an hour.
1: Yeah. So that, yeah. that ate up quite a bit, depending on how many hours it took him to do the scenes, that took quite a bit. So uh one more behind the scenes and then we'll get into the movie. Yeah. So sister or so Ingrid Bizu, who played Sister Oana. Yeah met producer James Wan while making this film. On 22 June 2019, they became engaged and got married in November 2019. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Yay, love.
0: Love, yes. Love conquers.
1: Love love, <laughs> love wins over the nun and, and demons.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Now, I cannot believe. Now, I, I, look, I'm sure that there are people that have seen this movie and have gone, oh, my God, this is great. I love it.
1: Force this Awakens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> These are two people that can honestly say I didn't like this movie.
1: Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull.
0: <laughs> now, the budget was $22 million, as I just said. Yep. But the box office took $365.6 million. Well,
1: like I said, it was the highest wonder... grossing
0: film of The Conjuring Universe. Now, I wonder how many people walked out of the cinema going... Can I please have my money back? I know, right? Because this movie goes, and this is really interesting. The running time for this movie is only 96 minutes. So it's It's actually the
1: shortest in the Conjuring universe as well.
0: Yeah. Now they tried to jam everything into this movie, but as far as I'm concerned, they missed the mark so, so badly. Yeah. I mean, they really, really did. I mean, there are so many things they could have done. They could have done with Velik. They could have made Velik a lot more terrifying, but yeah. I'm I yeah I'm
1: just... and and, and, as, and as you'll see when we get into it a lot of it just didn't quite make sense
0: no it, it really didn't there is a scene where and we will get to it where I looked at cat when we we're watching this movie and go and said to her so why is he there yeah like we'll, 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 we'll definitely get into it so the opening part of this movie we see that there's these two nuns it starts off for the year 1952 at a car a carter monastery in romania and there are two nuns walking down a dark hall and i love that that's where the premise has to be dark and all i can say is the person that has the dry ice machine going for the (laughs) love of god man turn off the dry ice machine it was so smoky on the ground now i don't care how cold you think a place is unless it is in the antarctic and i still don't think it would be that cold why do you have the dry ice machine going that much because I know it spooky. made it I know it made it spooky, but for the love of everything holy, come on. They're walking down towards a door and the door reads in Romanian God ends here. yes, because the older nun goes through the door to find some kind of artifact which we don't know because she's got this really weird key.
1: I want to talk about that
0: in a minute, okay. Well, you talk about that now because that's that's something that really annoyed me is that she's got this key they open this door she gives the key to this other this younger nun and she walks in with a lantern and disappears okay yeah. so you know well eventually
1: she tries to come back out and then gets sucked back in
0: well yeah because yeah the the younger nun sister Victoria she starts to pray and I don't know we don't know right now why the door says you know God ends here God ends here well, okay
1: so at the beginning of the movie it's actually implied that there's a relic containing the blood of Jesus Christ in the chambers beyond the corridor full of crosses and that and the door says that says God ends here and the two sisters are trying to retrieve it to destroy Valak. And I did get the impression that they were that they were trying to get something to destroy whatever evil was happening. I did I did have that feeling when I was watching them. But however, in the climax of the film which we don't realize at this time, it is revealed that the chambers are presumably where the portal to hell is, so it actually doesn't make any sense to open the door and, and to have the the um relic down there.
0: That was my that was one of the things I was going to say. If you've got this relic of the blood of Christ, yep. Then why the hell? have you got it behind that door exactly it doesn't make any sense
1: it would be in like mother superior's office or something
0: well not not only that even if it's not in that sort of situation keep it on the opposing side of the door because yeah. if something's going to get through that door which we understand there's a good chance it will well and then this is the thing is like okay you. the
1: great evil is behind this door and we don't want to let it out into the rest of the building don't, the hell don't... You your best weapon back there
0: yeah why are you leaving that there I mean, it's it's it does it doesn't serve a purpose, and what yeah. we see, which really annoys me, is that so this you know since Victoria she's starting to pray, the older nun emerges, attacked and bloody, and yeah. she tells Victoria to run, um, before she's suddenly pulled back into the darkness. Victoria runs down um, the whole well, and she
1: tells her that she has to do something, which I forget, and she's like, I can. She's like, then we're all doomed.
0: No, she actually says, you've got to, you've got to, she gives her the, key. she's got the key, but she says, you've got to protect the evil, protect yes. us from the evil. Yeah. And she says, I don't know if we, if I can. And she says, well, then we're all doomed. Yeah. So we see that Victoria, Sister Victoria runs down clutching this key and we're seeing the demon Nun Valic moving closer towards her. But as, as she's getting closer, like all horror movies, all the lights are going out. So there's all these candles and all the candles are going out as this darkness is, is going towards her. Now, okay, I don't understand why you've got this blood of Christ behind a door that says God ends here. Ends here. Yeah,
1: that makes no sense. We
0: understand. We figure out. It shows you exactly what happened. But then we see Victoria standing on, like, a balcony, or not a balcony, a window ledge.
1: No, she and goes into a bedroom goes and takes a bedroom. sheets or the and, rope. Yeah,
0: rope, and she ties the rope to the bottom of the bed. Yeah. And she puts it around her neck, and she asks God for forgiveness. And then she jumps, hanging herself,
1: because obviously suicide is a sin.
0: Is a sin, but and that's basically to try and stop her from, and we guess being attacked by Valak. We later work out that it's to be taken over by Valak. But I, we don't, I don't. This, this is what I don't understand: Is Valak going to take her over, or is Valak going to kill her, or is Valak going to kill her and take the the the, the key? Because yeah, see,
1: and that's the thing. They didn't do a really good job on the setup in this.
0: No, I was very confused. And I'm sure someone is sitting here listening to us now going, it was not that hard to understand. Well, I'm sorry. It really was.
1: Oh, well, it was for us.
0: And but course-
1: I, I also, while we're stopped, I want yeah. to point out that th- th- uh, at various times during this film, we hear like a guttural chanting that appears many times in the score. And it actually appears to be the words, the nun, repeated repeatedly said slowly in a very creepy manner and it's most notable in the piece corridor of crosses when they're when they're down there later in the film really yeah
0: see the movie was so mind-numbingly boring that i didn't even pick up on that yeah i didn't even hear that yep so sometime later we see this guy uh simply known as Frenchie, um and he he's going up to the um going up to the, the, abbey. the abbey and sees the nun hanging from the window ledge with all these crows over her that they've, they've picked they've pecked her face and stuff like that and she's oh, yeah. quite everywhere on the ground and then of course the, the rope then breaks and she her body hits the ground yeah so of course then the, the later on the the vatican decides that they that well, they learn a victoria suicide which is considered the ultimate sin and they send this father by the name of Fa- father anthony burke to investigate and he seeks out a young girl by the name of sister irene
1: a young postulate
0: yes she hasn't taken her final vows yet no that's this is that there's a scene coming out that i want to talk about with that okay. because i think it's rubbish okay um but she's acting as a teacher to young girls and the two get together to find frenchy so he can take them to where he found victoria's body now i love it how when they get to um the abbey Frenchie says well that's where i found that okay where
1: before that yeah Frenchie whistles at a passing truck to stop, and you can see the license plate reads 6BA01LAK.
0: I didn't even notice that. So, one. if you
1: remove the numbers and dashes, it simply spells Valak, Valak. which obviously is the name of the demon nun <laughs> referred to in The Conjuring 2 with Lorraine Warren. There's actually two Easter eggs um, okay. th- that it says in the school playground where Sister Irene is teaching, but I don't know exactly what that one is. Yeah. And the license plate on the Romanian truck. So if anybody finds the Easter egg on the school playground, let us know what it is.
0: Yeah. Love to see that one. Hello at home class movie chat, because I've got no idea. And as I said, this movie is so hard to keep straight of what is going on. And without... who's doing what, yeah. They're throwing everything so fast at you. You don't have time to process what's going on. You okay. know? And it's so disjointed as well.
1: Now, when Father Burke, Sister Irene, and Frenchie arrive at Carta Abbey to begin their investigation, Frenchie explains that when he found the body of the nun who committed suicide, he moved her into a cold room where he would leave deliveries of food from the village of Beartin. Frenchie then states that when he did so, the nun was lying down, but is shown as standing up. Sitting Father, up. Huh?
0: She was sitting up. Oh, well, okay. Wasn't, she wasn't was standing. She was yeah. sitting up.
1: Yeah. And, anyway, she wasn't laying down. No, she wasn't. Father Burke then explains to Irene and Frenchie that there have been cases of a corpse showing the ability to move after death. This is an actual, documented scientific condition, and in in real life, it is caused by a genetic deformation in the spinal cord and its fluids.
0: Yeah, I um, so that I, it is
1: both legit and creepy.
0: It certainly is. I remember we had a family acquaintance uh, many, many years ago. And this woman was actually working in the mortuary here in Adelaide and many nights when she was working or even during the day when she was working in the mortuary, um, in the the medical science building, um, the the bodies would sit up and they would also moan.
1: Well, yeah, and that's just like gas leaving the body, but it's still creepy, especially especially if you're in there by
0: yourself. Yeah, she would hear the moaning or sitting up or, or involuntarily moving. But she said the best part about it. She said a lot of the uh, male um, deceased people would actually get an erection. Oh
1: jeez, you just had to throw that in there, didn't you?
0: Yeah, why not? Give it a give it a <laughs> shot. Um, but I like it how when they do go into the ice box, because the, the reason that they've got this ice box. Or- or this this ch- this ice room is because when Frenchie leaves um, stuff there, the Abbey doesn't want to be bothered by outside influences. They don't want to really be known. They don't want to so, have contact
1: with the. Out- they're yeah. one of those orders that does that is completely, um, sequestered, and they don't have contact with the outside world.
0: Yeah, so he actually says to the father and the sister. I leave the stuff here and I go, I don't see them because yeah. they don't want to be known. And then they'll come down and deal with all the groceries yeah. and the stuff that's been left by Frenchie. So when they do find this body now sitting up Burke prized he actually looks at um sister Victoria's fingers or hand and actually sees that she's actually holding this key. And he yeah. actually then prized the, the the key out of her hand, which I thought was actually you know rather nasty because he actually almost has to break her fingers open to get hold yeah. the key. Um, so then they take her body to give her a proper burial, and while walking back to the abbey, Burke notices the fresh blood on the steps where Frenchie found Victoria's body. And even um, Sister, what's her name? Sister Irene, and she says, "Well, if that, if you found the body that long ago, that shouldn't then be fresh. It shouldn't blood. be fresh. It should be dried. But this is like it just happened. It's that fresh on the ground. So." It's like okay, so yeah. that's you know. So they go into the chapel, but can't enter the abbey yet, and it's only because of the sisters have taken this um, vow of silence, and they're able to enter the the following day. So they're not allowed to go in at the moment. So they have to then <laughs> go to the rooms, and I love it how poor old Sister Irene goes into the room where the nun hung herself, and there's yes. still and there's still the um, uh, rope again on the bottom of the bed. Yeah, it's like. Oh, okay. That's weird. Okay. That's nice. That's a nice place to go and and stick this poor nun, you know. Um, But as I said, this is, this movie just seems to just, there's parts of this movie that just don't make any sense. It just drags on. It's just. Yeah.
1: Now when they first enter Carta Abbey and before meeting the abbess, sister Irene sees that on the altar in the middle of the room is a symbol of two snakes devouring themselves, which is commonly known as the Ouroboros. It is a symbol originating from ancient Egyptian and Greek mythology and predominantly is a symbol of the cycle of birth, death, and rebirth. In the context of this film, the symbol is more than likely a perversion of the original meaning and is is to signify the association of the Duke of Carta with Valak, much like the pentagram pentacle was perverted by the church itself as a symbol of devil worship, when in reality, it is just a traditional non-Christian symbol of worship." And remember the upside-down pentagram that we saw? Yeah. Did you know that the name Valak can be found in the upside-down pentagram all in uppercase?
0: No, I didn't. Yep. Well, I mean, how do you get an upside-down pentagram? A pentagram is usually a circle with the pentagram inside of it. Yeah, but it depends on which
1: direction you're looking at it from.
0: Really? I thought there was only one way of looking at it. No. I guess maybe if the two... Either the point
1: is on the top or it's on the bottom. On the
0: bottom with the two points. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got it. So yeah, an upside down Yeah, pentagram. so when,
1: when the point is on the bottom, that's satanic. When the point is on the top, it's pagan Wiccan.
0: Oh, got it. Yeah. Oh, that, well, so there's a lot of Satan worshippers that aren't doing it correctly, then I guess. Because they have the pentagram the other way around. So yeah. um so all right, Irene tells Burke about the series of visions that she had as she's experienced as a child, all of which ended with her hearing the phrase, Mary points the way. And of course, then Burke, father Burke then recalls an incident in France where he was summoned to exercise a young boy named Daniel that had been possessed.
1: Yep. N- n- yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I was going to say the the fact that, you know, Daniel seems to be interesting, a thread throughout the conjuring.
1: Yeah. How, what which, do you mean?
0: Well, there was, there was supposedly um, a young, well, I don't know whether it's a young, who was it that I remember that someone, maybe it was a movie that I, was, maybe I've completely mixed it up. This movie is very hard to keep straight because as i said they just throw so much information at you that you're trying to grasp well Fa-
1: father burke recounts the tale of a boy he attempted to perform an exorcism on and failed yeah During the flashback the boy daniel appears to be perfectly fine implying he wasn't possessed and the church made a mistake therefore father burke is potentially guilty of murder especially if he caused the physical injuries to the boy that caused him to die later
0: oh yeah that's what i was thinking of because i knew there was something about that yeah um, and, then, and
1: then we see him again about 37 minutes into it.
0: Now, this is a part of the movie that I don't understand. No. And I'm sure that people will say to me, Paul, you, do, you don't know how to watch a horror movie. Believe <laughs> it, I've, been, I've watched enough that I know. But this part of the movie doesn't make any sense. So Burke is awoken. Father Burke was a, is awoken uh, by The Sound of Music. He goes into the woods and sees what looks like a demonic version of Daniel. So it's like, okay, all right. The vision comes to life and pushes Burke into a coffin before an unholy force buries him alive, leaving him with a belter ring. Now, when he falls into the coffin, the coffin closes, and then all of a sudden there is grass on top of the coffin, like he's been buried for years.
1: Yeah. Now, okay, before we get really into that so now first of all at one point he's walking around and he finds a room that has like a light and a radio going yep but the entire place is castles uh, candles and oil lamps there's no electricity there and i don't think radios battery-powered radios existed back then
0: and at least not commonly what year 1952
1: I don't think so. I think
0: so. I thought, uh, yeah, I think there probably would be. That's pretty close to the. I don't think
1: battery. I don't think battery powered ones really existed back then so much, at least in common use. I honestly military, but not for general people. And these nuns are not the type to have contact with the outside world. So why would they have a radio?
0: um, Look, I, I, I think in this regard we might be wrong because I remember a advertisement. That I once saw in a newspaper, and it was from the '50s, and it was back here in Australia, where there was a was there was a postmaster general that would come around to see if you had your TV license, uh-huh. and it said, "And license. yeah, here in Australia, in the when TVs first came out, you had to go to the post office and you had to get a license for your TV. So if you had a knock on the door, the inspector general would come in and see that you had a license to actually watch TV." and at the bottom of the advertisement it said remember you also need a license for your radio yeah now, but i remember my, but i remember my grandfather had an old radio that was back from the 1950s or 60s uh-huh. and it was battery powered it had oh. the little little pen light batteries oh, so okay. they were they were uh, readily available
1: okay but i still don't understand why they would have one but that no, being do I. but that being said On the first night at the Abbey, before Irene and Father Burke are lured away separately by Valak's apparitions, Irene notices a picture of the Abbey's younger nuns. This photo is also shown in Annabelle creation, and it is implied in that movie that Sister Charlotte was a former member of the Abbey.
0: Yes, it did. And I remember that picture because when he's looking at it, he sees Valak on the side in like shadow and he says, oh, who's that? And she goes, I don't know. I've never seen that nun before.
1: Yeah. Now, during the first night at the Abbey, Father Burke, as we said, is led out of the Abbey and into the graveyard by either Valak impersonating Daniel or Daniel's vengeful ghost and eventually is trapped in a coffin and buried alive in a matter of seconds. Written
0: Literally in a matter of seconds
1: written has one of the few decent moving parts of the movie Uh, written in plain English on his tombstone are the words here lies father Anthony Burke in an almost mocking manner. This is similar to a scene from the miniseries adaptation of it in 1990 where Pennywise torments the adult losers by showing them empty graves. It's significant since Gary Dalberman is the screenplay writer of the it movies by Andy Muschietti and the conjuring spinoffs.
0: Oh, okay. But I still don't understand how it is that he is buried alive with grass over the top of him immediately. I don't know. This is what I don't understand, everyone. And, and as I said, if someone knows, please, hello at homeclassmoviechat.com. Please email us and tell us what you think, because I don't understand it. No. How can you suddenly fall into a grave, the, 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 the coffin closes, and suddenly you've got grass on the top of you? And the thing that is amazing, and you, you actually see it, our, uh, Sister Irene wakes up and wanders you know, into the chapel before she sees Valak in a mirror trying to attack her. And it's like, okay, all right, that, that, that's understandable that the, the demon is trying to attack the nun. She runs outside and hears Burke ringing the bell. Now, we all know that, uh, and, okay. This is, this this is where is the what, term
1: dead ringer comes from. Yeah,
0: but this is something that is even more, I know this for a medical fact, when a person is usually... um passed away they would usually take your brain out and weigh it
1: um that's if they do an autopsy they would do that to all of your organs
0: okay um so the possibility but but in
1: in a situation like this there wouldn't be a need for an autopsy
0: okay but the possibility of you being buried alive i mean i'm sure it has happened
1: okay that that started back when there was like plagues going through and what would happen is that people would be so ill that their body systems would slow down enough that they seem to be dead or like some poisons like from Romeo and Juliet can actually imitate death. Yeah. But then it would happen that they weren't actually dead, but they needed to get them in the ground to help stop the spread of the disease. They didn't want these bodies lying around. So they would put them in the ground but they would have a string tied to their wrist and then go up through the top of the thing and through the grave to attach to a little bell next to the headstone. And if the person woke up and they were in the box, they'd just start pulling on the string and ringing the bell and they would realize that they weren't dead and they'd come and dig them up.
0: Now, I believe that there was such a thing as crypt keepers back then yes they were actually there to patrol the the graveyard yeah
1: to see make sure that if any of the bells rang they they could could get to them before they suffocated down there but that's where the term dead ringer comes from which is interesting because the term is now taken on the meaning that if you're a dead ringer then that means you are like somebody's doppelganger twin
0: yeah yeah so that's a yeah yeah, i don't know change of term Um, but i like it when um sister irene runs out and of course then all of a sudden you know all the bells start ringing so she's trying to figure out where which one is which his. one it is and um, then i
1: think she saw the headstone
0: well she has Something. sort of like a vision and the vision sort of like makes it almost like stand out that that's where he is
1: yeah i didn't quite understand that no part.
0: and then he then she runs over grabs the grabs a shovel digs him up and, when and he's
1: she, under a lot of dirt
0: yeah but when she pulls him up out of the grave he turns around and, and before he gets up out of the out of the coffin you see the demon hands start to pull it in pull it in back into the ground but he manages to to break himself free with with the help of uh, sister Irene. oh yeah
1: the 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 demons are hands are at his feet trying to pull him into the dark
0: yeah but when he gets out of the when he gets out of the ground, he looks into the ground to find there's a bunch of books on the occult and and some trinkets inside the coffin with an actual dead person.
1: Yeah. That huh? wasn't there when he went in. At least not that we saw.
0: No, there was nobody in there. But why is that? I don't know. I don't understand it.
1: To creep is... everybody out?
0: Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. I, I don't like horror movies that don't make any sense. <laughs> no, me either. I really don't know. I don't really don't. So the next day, I was
1: really disappointed in this movie.
0: I really disappointed this. And this is probably going to be the fastest horror movie. Uh now the next movie review. This no, this is actually gonna be pretty quick, I think. So the next day, Father Burke and Irene go to the Abbey, but only Sister Irene is allowed to enter, which makes the set mate, which makes sense because, because she's, a nun. she's a nun. So she's uh, well, girl. um <laughs> so she meets Sister Orana. Or o- o- yeah, I
1: think yeah, who Oana. tells her
0: yeah, who tells her that the nuns change shifts to keep praying yeah, you know, ev- all the time to keep the evil at bay. Okay, Okay.
1: yeah, so Sister Owana tells Irene during the second night at the Abbey that it was built by the Duke of St. Carta, who was a devil worshiper who tried to summon an evil spirit from hell, allegedly Valak, but was stopped by presumably the Knights Templar, who were the military wing of the Catholic Church. However, since Iwana, we later find out, is a ghost, who more than likely is under the control of Valak, the entire history of the St. Carta Abbey could be false. Now, uh, the Valak is actually only mentioned by name once when Father Burke looks into the Abbey's history while Sister Irene is off doing whatever, yeah. and everyone else refers to it as the evil, or the demon. So the prayer that the nuns take turns to recite 24 hours a day, and the prayer recited by them in mass over and over and over again, is the Hail Mary in Latin. Along with the Lord's Prayer, this is one of the two most common prayers recited by the Roman Catholics, and the majority of the beads in the rosary, the the common beads that are in clusters correspond to that. Yes. If you know that. I know you did, but yeah, I don't I know everybody's that. Everybody's Catholic, and they don't all know that.
0: No, it's also the fact that I went to Catholic uh, Catholic school, yeah. and I had to go to church all the time, so I had to know the Lord's Prayer and the other ones. So,
1: yeah. Now, when Sister Irene first sees Sister Juana's corpse in the perpetual perpetual adoration sequence she sees that she has bloody holes in her hands this could be a stigmata which is a strange religious-based phenomenon where people reportedly hallucinate seeing on themselves or on other people the wounds that were inflicted on jesus when he was crucified
0: yeah and it also means that if you've got a stigmata it means that you are extremely holy and you've been touched yeah. by the by the holy spirit but yep. you know um now, I like the fact that, you know, when she speaks to uh, Sister Irene about, because Sister Irene says to uh, Sister o- Oana that she saw Velik, and Oana then explains the demon's origins. And we as we learn, as you said, that the Knights of, what was it? The Knights, Knights of the Templar, Templar. yeah, had um, the, the artifact, which we find out is the, uh, an artifact containing the blood of Christ, And when the when Valak was actually sealed in this chamber, they dropped a droplet, one droplet of blood, onto the the um, ground to actually seal Valak in there. Yep. Now we also find out that the 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 seal remain. You know, she remained in hell until bombs from World War II dropped around the Abbey and broke the rift open, which is you know setting the how Valak returned now. This is something, once again, that I don't understand. Okay. And I know they had to do this for the movie. If you have dropped a drop of Jesus's blood onto that crypt to seal Valet, unless there is a nuclear explosion over the top of that, destroying the whole thing, even if a bomb drops there and it cracks it just a little bit, wouldn't you expect that that drop of that blood, blood would, would still hold it? seal in there? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, that droplet of blood is the blood of Christ. so. Yeah. Did it just? Did the? I mean, is the movie trying to tell us that in this spot here, Jesus isn't quite can't... as
1: powerful as we
0: think he is? Well, no. What it's basically trying to say is, and what they're they're, they're alluding to is, in this spot right here, that's the droplet of blood. Vallet can't get out, but three feet to the right, he can. It can get out if there's yeah. a crack. Yep. Shouldn't the crack? Shouldn't the blood should seal have sealed the sealed entire the area? Room, you, you know, and the, and 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 and, and and seriously, the the circumference of the circle in which the blood was dropped should actually see, I mean, it's not a, we're dropping it in this center of the room, but on the very, very corner of the room, there's a, there's a crack. It's just in this circular disc that's on the ground.
1: Well, the, I, th- I think the, the circle was like, almost like a um, protection spell.
0: Yeah. So why so would anything
1: the... within that space should have been protected by the blood of Christ.
0: Yeah. But and the suddenly, and the
1: break was within that circle, so it still so it shouldn't have it been should able have, to get through.
0: No, but it. I don't know. It did, yeah. um, and of course, Sister Anna explains that Valik takes the form of the nun to look like them, uh, like the rest of them, and prey on their weaknesses. Well, see, this is another thing I don't understand. the The, the convent is, or uh, well, the abbey, is a holy place. So, how is it this demon can break free? <laughs> yeah
1: how how has it been? Well. That's where Sister Owana's history could potentially actually be true. Yeah. It was created by a demon worshiper, but then how, it, you know, it's it sanctified ground and I don't under, yeah. Yeah, but, it's
0: holy ground.
1: Yeah. But I want to go back and talk about a little bit. So in the beginning, we saw the abbess yeah. when they first arrived at the, at the abbey um, who is later revealed to be a corpse manipulated by Valak. The nuns are shown only interacting with Sister Irene, hinting at the revelation later on that she's been talking to ghosts all along. Yep. Many of the nuns that she talks to describe the feeling, feeling the presence of spirits and the seeing of visions and divination. This would never happen because according to traditional Roman Catholic religion these things do not appear to prayerful individuals such as clergy this is explained by the fact that the nuns were spirits themselves and then hinted at, su- and was hinting at such
0: yeah see that's something you don't uh you don't get um through the whole thing of uh, that these nuns could be spirits because they yeah. can easily be seen and they can easily have the conversation but you
1: don't stop and think that he doesn't see them or talk to them it's only sister irene
0: well, see, that's the whole thing is because except
1: for the abbess in the beginning,
0: and and also in the next scene we see that Burke once, your know, father Burke once again, attempts to enter the abbey, only to encounter the abbess, and and she then tells him again that he won't find another way in, and he tries to ask the abbess about the key that he found with Victoria, but of course she tells Burke it's too late that Irene is lost. Yeah. Um, how can she be lost? That's the. You know, this is and of course, this is when her body then goes limp, and then of course, Father Burke tries to lift her veil to see her, but the demonic, but her demonic body grabs a hold of him until, you know, he rips her hand off. And it's like, okay, yeah, but he doesn't rip her hand off; of, he just basically pulls her hand away from him. But once again, you know, I mean, we understand that. That evil is very powerful, but in this movie, it's just it doesn't give you a enough t- enough time to process what's going on. No. I mean, e- even Frenchie, who in the last scene, Frenchie is is in um is the in a, ta- is, is a is is in a tavern, yeah, and he overhears that as a patron that had a twelve year old daughter that had committed suicide by hanging after seeing something horrible. Uh, we don't know what it was, but we know yeah. that, you know, and then so- suddenly Frenchie tells the bartender that he went up with Burke and Irene to the Abbey and the bartender warns Frenchie that the two of them may be the next victims. Well, and they, and they do, he does say to them um, that the evil that's coming into the town, they're basically saying that they, it's coming from the Abbey. Yeah. Well, that doesn't, see, that, that storyline doesn't go anywhere. Frenchie being told that they, the two of them may be the next victims. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't actually. No, it, no there's it's pointless. Why. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it's, and it's filler because Frenchie doesn't go over to the patrons and goes, what did your daughter see? We just see that there's the, there's the patrons sitting there consoling each other. We know that she's committed suicide by hanging herself, but what did she see? We yeah. don't see it. We don't, They we don't, don't show know. it. And we're just being left up in the air. So, and, and that's about this movie. What did she see,
1: and why did Frenchie go back to the abbey and he starts getting um harassed in the cemetery as well
0: yeah and and it's like like he sees why? He, yeah, he sees the he sees a nun and he thinks that's Sister Victoria, and then suddenly he's attacked by Valak. yeah, and then that doesn't go anywhere. yeah, but he picks up a, a cross, which is really not a cross it's just two bits of wood' it's, it's, well, no it was it was like a grave marker. Post. Yeah, it's like, yeah, but it's done by a by fence post. Yeah. And he pulls it up and he's like, okay, that's going to protect me. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah good work. That's fine. Um, of course, then now we see in the next scene, we see Irene, Sister Irene wakes up after seeing another frightening vision of Valak and she wanders outside her room and is once again attacked by the demon nun. Yeah. Father, Father Burke then hears a noise and tries to save her, but is also attacked until Frenchy shows up with a shotgun. Well, yeah. why is Frenchie in the middle of the night going back to the Abbey?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and and through that grave. I mean, you know everybody knows you don't go into graveyards at night. <laughs>
0: of course not. Anyone that knows anyone that knows horror movies knows the two Stay things. Stay out of you the graveyards at night, dude. Stay out of the graveyards at night and whenever you leave a bedroom, turn on lights.
1: Yeah. You know, don't do it in the dark, people. It's simple. Um, Now, the cross that that Father Burke uses against the demonic sister Iwana bears a resemblance to that of the cross used in Bram Stoker's Dracula back in 1992 by the elderly priest in the beginning of the film.
0: Yes, it does.
1: Now, of course, interestingly, both films revolve around the Catholic faith and have a scene at the beginning where a woman kills herself by jumping from a high position. Yes. Also, the suicide at the beginning of this, of the films provide motivation for the characters in the plot of the film.
0: Yeah, thank you for, for telling us that because that one, yeah, it really does because there's Dracula going out to fight for the church and when there is a note that's fired into the castle which is actually a, a false note saying that he's been killed in battle mm-hmm. she throws herself out of the castle to commit suicide to be with with him in the afterlife so yeah so that's that's yeah, yeah. and and, it, and it, I remember when he comes back from battle the priest who has ha, happens to be Anthony Hopkins says well her soul is lost because she's committed suicide and she's gone against the word of god yep and that's when the when the nun jumps out the window saying, God, forgive me, because it's a sin. Yeah, to yeah
1: it, it is the ultimate sin to take one's own life.
0: Uh, now, yes, it is.
1: Sister Irene, following the... I don't know a lot considering the fact I'm not Catholic. Yeah, no. Uh, Sister Irene, following the perpetual adoration sequence, is made officially a nun by Father Burke and wears her full habit and robes, which I find really interesting that she chose to bring that with her in the first place. Yeah. Because she wasn't expected to to get her to take her final vows.
0: No, she wasn't in the middle of all this. No.
1: But then at the end of the movie, right before the big reveal that Frenchie is possessed by Valak, she is seen wearing an above the knee skirt or dress, and no nun of the Catholic Church would ever dress that way as it would be considered a vanity.
0: Yes, it would be, and it would not be permitted.
1: So during the scene when Irene enters, uh, Sister Irene, enters a chamber full of dead nuns. We don't know they're dead nuns at this point and winds up standing on a pentagram. There is a brief shot of her through a mirror. This may be a callback to an earlier scene in the movie where Frenchie's at the Beerton Village pub where he learns of the evil seeping out into the real world. It's also revealed that someone else hanged themselves in a barn and that the village custom is to cover the mirrors so those grieving do not see ghosts. Of course, in the scene with Sister Irene, she not only sees a bunch of ghosts, but is possessed by a but is also possessed by a demon.
0: Uh yes, yeah, I rem- yeah, I remember that in the Catholic, yep. a lot of the Catholic old Catholic faith faith is to cover the the mirrors.
1: Yep. Well, in Judaism, they cover them out of respect because we're to focus on the person who has passed and crossed over, not our own reflections and vanities.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Of course, when, as you were saying, uh, Sister Irene finds the other nuns and starts to pray alongside of them as the evil force carves a pentagram into her back. So I was like, oh, okay. Of course, I love it how when Irene then sees what looks like Sister Iwana's dead body, but quickly realizes that Iwana and the other nuns were not real but visions. Now that was the big reveal that I didn't. We didn't get. Yeah. Because she goes into the room. She goes into where the nuns praying continually twenty five. And, and they're all kneeling around. Yeah. And they and they sister Iwana grabs her and puts her into the ground uh, you know gets her to, to kneel in the where they are and says quick start praying look forward don't make any con don't make any eye contact with what's going to happen and yeah. as they're praying suddenly they're they're basically ex- all exploded backwards leaving sister Irene just the only person can because everyone else seems to be knocked out. Yeah. And she's the only one sitting there praying and she's continuously praying because they because she could see that there's the the demon coming because suddenly all the candles are all going out as it's getting closer and closer.
1: Now what's interesting is at for a very brief moment they switched to a camera angle looking down.
0: Yes, I saw this bit.
1: And did did you notice that the nuns were arranged in the shape of the pentagram?
0: No, I just saw them on yeah. the, like a circle.
1: No. It's they pentagram. were in, in
0: a pentagram. Oh, I love those little nuggets. I know, just, right? But because this movie is all over the place, I didn't pick up on that. Either. Yeah, you
1: just don't. Oh,
0: man. So, of course, now we're seeing that Frenchie, Sister Oan, a sister um Irene and Father Burke now all reunite, and they realize that Victoria sister victoria was not trying to commit suicide but rather sacrifice herself so valet could not possess her body because and she was the, the last
1: one yeah. in the in the abbey and if she died then valet could not take her over and leave the abbey
0: yeah and i like it how sister irene says because when she sees you know um sister victoria she says oh my god she was the last one yeah when they, when she she was basically entrusted to be the very final nun to try and keep this demon at bay. And when she passed, that's... But once again, as I said, the blood should have actually sealed it.
1: But then it comes back to the relic.
0: Yeah. Now, this is... Okay, go ahead. This is the part of the movie that I get annoyed at and I don't understand. Okay. So there's Father Burke. Yep. And Sister Irene says... I think it's time for me to take my final vows. Yeah. I don't believe laying on the ground with your face covered in the form of a cross is how you do it.
1: Okay. From what I understand, when postulates are ready for their final vows, the night before they spend in the sanctuary, at the at the in front of the altar, lying like that on the stone floor, face down, in the shape of a cross, and they spend the night there in, to ready themselves up. to take their final vows the following day.
0: You mean face up, not face down? No, face mean. down. So their face is in the ground. Yep. Oh.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's, a, it's a long night.
0: It's a bit, it seems like a very long night.
1: I mean, I don't know if that's still the custom, but my understanding I would have thought is the that face up. My understanding is that is what they would do is they'd lay no because it's it's um, showing humility before before God.
0: No, okay.
1: And um, knights used to do the same thing before they would take before they would get their knighthood. Oh, yeah.
0: So I'm wrong on that one. Okay. At least that's my
1: understanding. I very well could be wrong. It's been known to happen on rare occasions.
0: But now I find it interesting that after she's taken her um, vow, that Mm -hmm. she suddenly gets all dressed up as a nun. Yeah. Like as you said, why would she bring? Why would all she that? have even
1: brought that with her? Why would, you, would she, she
0: no have those clothes yet? No, and she would, have, and she would have. I mean, no, yeah. they, 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 her, um, her mother superior wouldn't have given her the outfit. She wouldn't get the, the clothes
1: the, until you've taken the vows. Yeah, yeah.
0: So this is where this movie just gives you. All I this mean, you might get the
1: clothes to change into to take the vows. That one I'm not real clear on. If you take, if you're still in your postulate uniform, okay. Okay. So they may give her they may do the vows in the postulate um uniform. Yeah. They may have the full nun uniform and take the vows, or they take it in the postulate uniform, they give them the wimple of the nun yeah, and then the rest of the uniform later. I don't yeah. know. I've I've never been invited to something like that. No, well that yeah. would be very no. cool to be part of. Well you want to be a nun? No, I just want to watch watch, to watch someone become a nun.
0: <laughs> now the next scene is a what i consider to be if you're too dumb to figure it out we're gonna spoon feed it to you so we see that she's taken her final vows she's now a nun
1: because she didn't want to do battle as a postulate she wanted to have every every resource available yes she's ready to go into
0: battle so we've got a priest and we've got a nun so this is where we're going to spoon feed you so everyone who has not figured out yet we'll spoon feed you on this one so not
1: us the movie
0: the movie. So the movie's going to spoon feed this to you. So they head into the we, catacombs. We, we think
1: you're smarter than that.
0: You are definitely smarter than that, everyone. But this movie is going to spoon feed you the very last part. So they head into the catacombs. We've got Father What's-His-Nuts. And we've got- Father Sister- Burke. Father Burke and Sister Irene.
1: Yep. We're going And into the we're catacombs. going after the relic to use to defeat Balak.
0: Yeah. Now, there is a reference- that Irene realizes, Irene says, Sister Irene says, Sister Irene, Sister Irene, that Mary, Mary points the way. Yes. Now, as they get to the catacombs and we see the door, the door says, you know, God ends here.
1: Yep.
0: To the left hand side, there is a, a um, statue of Mary Mary. with her finger pointed. Now, if that's not uh, easy enough to figure out, there is sunlight shining from somewhere to point the very top of mary's finger ah. so basically it's saying that's the point this mary is the
1: mary that points the way away.
0: so it's like okay so then yeah they
1: so, thought they were doing foreshadowing earlier
0: yeah which really this is the spoon feed That that yeah. that's the mary and that's the point yeah uh <laughs> So we see that Sister Irene has got the key, which is a very unique and very ornate sort of key. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to figure out, well, okay, if Mary points the way, so what's it pointing towards? And with the beam of light that's hitting the top of Mary's finger, it bounces off and it hits the wall where she puts the key in to the wall. There's a crack in the wall. Yeah, it's kind
1: of like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark where it shows where the Well of
0: Souls is. This is like Raiders of the Lost Ark for dummies. (laughs) I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark gave you an idea of like how to get there, but it didn't spoon feed yeah, you. Yeah,
1: but but, this one but when he but you. when he's in the map room and the light hits it just right and it lights up where the well of the souls is, it's kind of like that idea where the light comes in, bounces off her finger and shows you exactly where in the wall to put that key.
0: Yeah, but at least Indiana Jones was smart. He had mapped stuff on the ground. He had to figure out which way it was.
1: I know, I yeah. know. We're not talking about Raiders, but that, the fact they is, can listen to that on a different podcast.
0: But the fact is that when she the puts episode. the she was she puts the key into the wall and turns it, and then the the, the wall opens up, and there is this artifact with the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. Now,
1: now it's never actually clear why Valak wants the relic. No potentially he wants to destroy it so it can't be used by the church against him and his fellow demonic kind from the infernal realm. But that's just a theory because we don't have any lines of Valak or any reason or anything that reveals his motivations.
0: Do we also realize there's a, there's a movie mistake, but the relic was on the opposite side of the door. Why is it on this side of the door?
1: Oh yeah. The relic supposed to be behind the door.
0: The relic was in front of the door before they got into the room to try and well, stop Malik.
1: Well, maybe they, maybe the nuns didn't know that. No.
0: <laughs> no, they didn't. When you see the movie, the older nun opens the door and goes inside to grab the, the grab the the um the artifact. In this part of the movie, they get to the door, they find Mary's pointing towards the wall. They open the That's wall before, up, the, door
1: goes, to, to where, before yeah. the door to where So, well, like I said, maybe maybe they just didn't know. No, Where, the writers... maybe they were they were told and legend said it was back there but they didn't realize that they'd moved it and said we're going to lock him back there and leave it out here so we can use it to protect you yeah
0: the, the writers forgot about that they went whoopsies you know so yep um sure enough they come as I said, they come across the vial containing the blood after opening its chamber using victoria's key and of course, then soon Velick which is
1: interesting with... that it fits both doors
0: yeah Oops. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a, this one opens the wall and the other one opens the door. It's like, what is a skeleton
1: key? It fits one everything. Key for all. We're it's gonna a master a key. It of... fits everything.
0: But in all honesty, this movie is trying to hurry things along because we've only got like 15 minutes left of this movie. Well, paying so $5,000 to...
1: a year, uh, euros a, an hour. An hour. I believe it.
0: Yeah, let's try and get this over and done with. Yeah. So, of course, Valak then reemerges and attacks the trio and he starts to try and possess, you know, Sister Irene while Father Burke. Is attacked by the de- demonic Daniel. So now it's like you know two against one. So are we uh, to understand that that Daniel is an offshoot of Valak, or is Valak using Daniel, or is Daniel part of Valak? I don't know. I always kind of
1: thought that Daniel actually wasn't there; that he was a vision that Valak created in Burke's mind that he thought was real.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I just yeah, it really it really doesn't give you an idea. Of course, as we're going along, Sister Irene is briefly possessed, but Frenchie manages to throw some blood onto her to free her. So just it was like a little drop of, of Jesus' blood. Now, this is what I find um infuriating and frustrating. Okay. Okay. You've got this this um artifact. It contains Jesus' blood. Yep. You can't go and draw any more blood from him. He's gone. Correct. So of course, Valak unleashes the dark force upon Frenchie, and then tries to drown Sister Irene. Yep. He he pulls her up and sees that the vial is broken. So you've got yep. the the artifact and the vial's gone. Now, I, I you know I don't like it when horror movies do this. Okay. She is being forced underneath the water because she's the, because Valak's trying to drown Sister Irene. Yep. As she comes up out of the water. Sister Irene spits the blood of Christ under Velik's face, sending yes. the demon back to hell and sealing the rift in the ground. Yes. How do you get the blood out of the vial and put it into your mouth while you're underneath the water? And in all honesty, if one drop of blood can seal Velik in the ground, why are you putting the entire amount of God's Jesus' blood into your mouth and spitting it? Because it
1: was just going to go to waste in the water anyway, and we want to make sure that we banish this bastard. Now, the strategy to keep Jesus Christ's blood in the mouth and then spit it all over a demon's face has actually already been used in a movie.
0: Okay. Which one was that?
1: Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight back in 1995.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. Where the
1: female main character spits it in the face of the main antagonist who was a demon.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was wondering why it was that that scene was so familiar. I yep. couldn't put my finger on it. Yep. That was Tales of the, it was Tales from the Crypt. Yep. Man, I got to stop watching horror movies. <laughs> because yeah, I could not. I mean, even when that that scene was happening, I'm like You know, first of all, you've wasted the entire blood of Christ and you've spat it into a demon's face. Well, it was
1: just going to go, go, it was just going to go onto the floor and go to waste anyway. So, might as well use it.
0: So, of course, we see that the the rift is now sealed. Valak's been sent back to hell. So, of course, as the trio leave the abbey, Irene asks Frenchie his real name, and it says that his name is Maurice. Maurice. And that is going to be a foreshadowing, everyone. Yeah,
1: I've got some stuff around that.
0: Now this is another thing that I, it doesn't give you a clear idea. Maurice gets onto because they're, they're they're on a horse and cart buggy being taken uh, away from the abbey. Now Sister Irene, which is now uh-huh. she is now a sister, um, they've you know she's said some prayers in the in the cemetery, so now it's holy consecrated ground. It's Again. all holy. Everything's fine.
1: But you would think since it had the blood of Christ there and been dropped there once already, that it would already be sanctified.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't. I don't understand it. I don't know. So then we see that they get onto. the I guess buggy. portals
1: to hell negate that sometimes.
0: Yeah. Now Valak's gone into the into the ground. Yep. Uh, he, she, it, whatever attacked fr- attacked Frenchie. Yes. Right. They get onto the cart. They're starting to go away when we see an upside down cross burnt into the back of Maurice's neck. Yes. Why?
1: Okay. It is revealed near the end of the movie that Valak, who is the demon of snakes, possessed Frenchie with a snake crawling out of its mouth and into his right before it vanished. This is similar to scenes in other Conjuring universe movies, mainly Annabelle creation and the original Conjuring, where a scene of possession happens orally. Only in those cases, instead of a snake, it's a black liquid substance. And that upside down cross is a can be a demonic symbol so it's valak marking him saying that i'm here now at, at the end of the nun a scene from the conjuring is shown where ed and lorraine are performing an exorcism on maurice This scene links the Maurice from that video as being the same Maurice from The Nun, but they edited the scene to fit into the narrative of The Nun. They edited Jonas Bloquet into the exorcism scene as he used to be played by a different actor, Christoph Weilen, and they added in Dialogue of Ed saying they called him Frenchie so as to make sure that people knew Mm -hmm. that it was the same situation. Now, the nun has long been known to have the name of Valak, as we've, as we've said all along, who is a higher up in the hierarchy of hell. It is also revealed in The Conjuring 2 that knowing and speaking aloud the name of a demon can provide power over the being since Lorraine banishes Valak in the movie back to hell by using its name. Father Burke learned Valak's name in a scene, but never used it. So the demon nun, Valak, shows up in The Conjuring 2 as a demonic entity repeatedly tormenting Lorraine Warren. However, which is interesting because he was the one, Ed was the one having visions of it and painting it.
0: Yeah, he did. Yeah. So why yeah. would why would um, th- Lorraine be seeing him? Yeah, I was going
1: to say, I thought it was tormenting Ed more than Lorraine. But it was. Anyway. However, it is seemingly vanquished when Sister Irene spits Jesus's blood in its face, therefore meaning that it has been sent back to hell. So at some point, the Valak was summoned again from hell so it could later appear in Annabelle Creation and The Conjuring 2 to torment Ed and Lorraine Warren and Janet Hodson. Presumably, this will be a plot point in the proposed sequel to The Nun or the other plan spinoff, The Crooked Man. But I'd also like to point out and you probably already know this, as of 1992, the actual, legit, real people, Ed and Lorraine Warren, did not show films in their lectures. They showed slides and played recordings, and they had people waiting to ask for help after their lectures.
0: But they did not
1: play films, so that part of the movie is just wrong. Yeah,
0: the reason that they never showed films is because they felt that it would be um detrimental to what they were trying to convey yeah if they were showing films and very rarely did they actually have a a um person with a video camera yeah and the video cameras that they did have which was one of their assistants um they still never never they still never showed it because they felt that it was and they also felt that there was um through celluloid that there was a chance that whatever they were capturing could be transmitted onto the celluloid and it could be released that's yep. why like when you go into
1: and why take it in to begin with
0: or well, because they want to doc- they wanted to document it because a lot yeah. of the things that they wanted to do and it was really only the catholic church that were allowed to view it is because they needed documented evidence that yeah. these things were happening and that's why they did oh, okay. it, um on on vi- with the video cameras
1: and i'm sorry i cut you off you were saying something else
0: no no i was just i was just going to say that the the only thing that i find really interesting about this whole thing is that if you've spat the so-called the blood of jesus into the into the demon's face vanquishing it back to hell how the hell is it coming back from hell yeah you know and i mean i I do like the tie-in that they've got at the very end with with you know maurice but when they say this is Frenchie once again if you are too dumb and you have fallen asleep in this movie we're just gonna let you know that this is Frenchie. And his name is Maurice. Yeah. you know, This is
1: Maurice, whom they call Frenchie.
0: I mean, I don't mind being shown things, but I don't want my horror spoon fed to me. Yeah. I don't need that in a a horror movie. So the scene does go go black, and that is the end of The Nun. Yep. As I said, I like the tie-in with The Conjuring at the last part of the movie. I thought that was very interesting, the way they did it. Yeah. But on a scale of zero to five movie reels zero being how do i get the last 96 minutes of my life back to five it was a perfect movie and i would watched it all over again i know my score what would you give it
1: two maybe two and a
0: half thank you very much my score was two yeah i two just, out of five i just really wasn't impressed by it it wasn't impressive it wasn't scary it didn't make Valak look menacing and horrifying no, like
1: like i said from the, the, from the conjuring too, i was absolutely terrified of Valik, and i was not happy at the thought of seeing this movie yeah because i thought it was just going to give me nightmares for a month i fell asleep the first time i saw it i missed like a good 20 minutes of it because i fell asleep
0: and In i honestly when i first saw it, the very first time i think i zoned out because And when i was... woke
1: up i felt like i hadn't actually missed anything
0: Yeah, because it was only after watching this through again that we've just done that I actually sat there and went, yeah, I'm still not impressed. Nope. And it's really upsetting when, as I said, when when you see a really great trailer and you think to yourself, holy crap, this is going to be good, and you watch it and go, so why did they show us all the good bits and they left us with the garbage to go through? There was so much padding in this movie, and there were so much things that were not explained. And there was so you know, there was just some things that were just left un unanswered that I found it very, very hard to really take this movie seriously as a really great horror movie. Now, I've seen it twice. I probably won't see this movie again for the I would say between the next five to ten years. Maybe yeah. I'll revisit it in the next five to ten years and go, yep, it's just as bad as what I thought. That you know, the part two. Is gonna to have to blow me out of the water to bring me back into my under my into my appreciation for this. Yeah, move, I for, mean, it, franchise at,
1: at this point for the Nun two. I'll wait until it comes on a streaming service. I don't want to necessarily invest money in buying it or. I'm going not else.
0: gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna go out and see it, and I'm not gonna go and buy the DVD. No, I will wait I'll wait it until come it comes out.
1: on a streaming service.
0: Now the the trailer is gonna to have to be amazing for me to run out and get excited to buy it before when it comes out
1: yeah but but i would wait until we see it before i decide if i want to spend money on it to be honest with you
0: yeah yeah me too because i was so
1: disappointed in this one i honestly thought see and and the sad part is it could have been such a great story
0: oh it it had it had the potential to be an amazing story but as I said, for ninety six minutes they went. Holy crap! We've got to jam everything in. So here is this scene. But before we get to finish that scene, let's get another one. And before you do that we did another one. It's like, hang on a minute. Whoa, whoa, stop. Yeah, the story to has to make this... sense. Yeah, please let me understand this scene first before you jump to another. Well, scene. I just
1: I want to look at them and say, did you guys miss story progression at film school, or what? Or did you even go to film school?
0: What I really wanted to say to the movie, the, the guys who made the movie, is, did you actually see? The Conjuring Part 2? Yeah. Because if you didn't, you missed the entire premise of yeah. Valak being terrifying. Because Valak is supposed to be absolutely terrifying. But well, in they this thought movie,
1: Valak was terrifying in this.
0: Not in this movie.
1: No, they. I'm sure the I know, they filmmakers d- thought he
0: was. Yeah. But when you see Valak, it's like, okay. Yeah, but Valak. if you get
1: somebody like me who looks at it and says, this is not scary, then you've definitely got a problem with that movie.
0: Yeah. I mean, Cat jumps you know i mean I,
1: I, I am like one of the easiest scares out there
0: i mean obviously in 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 the horror community we all know what's going to happen whether it's going to be darkness whether it's going to be in noises or suddenly the background music drops to zero you know oh jump scare is coming get ready yeah but in this movie when the music dropped to zero and when the darkness came and there was a jump scare cat literally sat there holding my hand going "Uh huh, okay it, you know, she would jump and and I'll, obviously I'm holding her hand so you'll feel I'll feel her jump yeah but this movie I never no, jumped she, she didn't jump yeah so really I mean <laughs> this movie and, and if it doesn't potential. make me
1: jump it ain't scary
0: no this movie had such a great potential and yeah. unfortunately it just fell so so short and no, I'm very disappointed in this movie so I'm not saying to everyone don't watch it please Go and watch it for all, all. You know, all intents and purposes. Please go and watch it. You know, if
1: you're into the Conjuring universe, definitely yes. watch it. It is part of that higher uh, of that universe, but it just, yeah. It, as as they said, it was so highly anticipated because of the the success of the Conjuring films that everybody was so excited. It's like, oh, Valak, Valak's so scary. This is going to be awesome to kind of see the backstory and all of that. And you know, and that's the thing is they could have done so much with it, as and far the, as the backstory and how ballot kind of came into being. And... and this
0: is what annoys me in the the year, like the time we're living at now. Yeah. When I was younger, if there was a horror movie, and as I said, I saw Nightmare on Elm Street, and I had no idea what it was because it wasn't it wasn't promoted on TV. Yep. We had no internet. We had, I mean, unless you went to the movies and saw the trailer, you weren't going to see it. You literally had to look at it, look at the the picture in the newspaper, decide if you want to go and see it. Now you can go and see the trailer online. And it's like the upcoming movie of the Exorcist remake. Yeah. I have seen that that trailer four times and it's like, so where's the scary part? Yeah. What they're going to do is they are going to make everyone so hyped up for this movie, and we were all hyped when we saw the picture. Oh, my God, there, there's a new Exorcist coming. They show us the trailer, and then it's like, uh, eh, I don't think well, it's going I to you
1: work. Know, and, and we've done The Exorcist on this podcast, so, there yeah. is, so it is there if you want to listen to it. But I have to admit, I didn't find it scary at all. Everybody's saying it's the most terrifying movie ever made, and I honestly just can't see it.
0: I think the reason that people say that it is the most terrifying movie ever made is because it's so close to possibility. It's like the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which is actually a a, a factual mo- uh, situation right. that actually happened. There is the possibility that, the, that people do and can be possessed by demons. So it, with The Exorcist, it is a possibility that you muck around with a Ouija board, you could let something in either into your home or directly into you. So I think it's that unknown of, it's not like, you know, a serial killer or, you know, uh, you know, an ax murderer or whatever, you know, those things, you know, you may never come across that in your life, but the possibility of you playing with a Ouija board and opening a, a gateway to somewhere is a possibility. So I think everyone has that, you know, the, the bump in the night sort of situation. You know, uh, and that's yeah. why well, I think. In, that's in why all honesty,
1: episode... I thought the Terminator films were more terrifying.
0: Oh yeah, I mean because that is a that is a possibility.
1: That really, the Terminator movies terrify me.
0: Yeah, well, that's yeah. understandable. Anyway. But, yeah, so, yeah, so, unfortunately, everyone, I mean, as I said, if you want to go and watch this movie, by all means, go uh, and watch it. You are going to be a little disappointed. I was very disappointed. So was Kat, so.
1: Yeah, very much so. I mean, this is the lowest rating we've given anything in a long time, except for, like, Birdemic 2.
0: I think Birdemic was even higher. <laughs> no, it actually, Birdemic no. was lower. No. Yeah, but this is actually the second lowest. You wouldn't movie. allow
1: me to give it zero, so.
0: No, this is the second lowest rating we've actually given a movie, so. Yeah. Unfortunately, this one is a two from both of us.
1: Yep. Okay. So we want to, first of all, thank you for hanging in there with us. If you're still listening. Yeah. (laughs) And we appreciate you so much for supporting the Home Class Movie Chat podcast. If you like us, please give us a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts, especially if it's on Apple Podcasts, because that really helps us get found by other people. If you enjoy it, please share it with your friends. If you don't, please don't tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) But we love having you here, and we look forward to seeing you next time and until then we'll see you at the movies bye everyone oh and where did they find us
0: well i just said bye hello at homeclassmoviechat.com
1: okay talk to you soon